yeah, I'm losing my voice. Bo's losing his voice. Uh, that's the double fecta. It's not a trifecta, but it's the double fecta. Uh, you never want to have the worship leader and the pastor lose their voice in the same night. Uh, we're doing it tonight. It's great. Uh, so if you appreciate Bo and the worship team uh, leading worship for us week in and week out, just let them know by giving them a little... It's not about them. We know it's not about them. It's about Jesus. But uh, we're thankful that they uh, give us their time uh, to come and do that for us. Uh, how's you guys' week going? I know I asked you before service started. But you guys having a good week so far? Yeah. Oh yeah, there we go. There we go. That's good. Um, well, my week's going great right now. Uh, it's just exciting. Uh, God's doing some really cool things, uh, not only in our group uh, but in our church. Uh, and so just some really cool, exciting things. Uh, in the forefront, uh, I've got a case of the possible tonsillitis, which is fun. Uh, I woke up Monday morning with swollen tonsils and uh, hard to breathe, but uh, it was great throughout the day. And then I didn't sleep last night because uh, I was coughing all night. And so uh, we're just praying and believing that God's got healing uh, and that we're going to make it through the message tonight. Uh, I don't know that we're going to do that, but we're going to try uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Does someone just want to like pray for me real quick? Benny, you gonna pray for me? Yeah. Awesome. Pray, pray for me right now, brother. Dear Jesus, please put a hedge stones around Mac. Help his tonsillitis, and like I hope that you make him speak clearly throughout the night. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, if you guys are with us for the first time, uh, we welcome you. Uh, we love having uh, new folks for the first time. So welcome. <laughs> Uh, you're picking up with us in the ninth week of our current series, uh, and really the ninth week could just be the first week if you really want it to be, because uh, we're going to be going for like over 50 weeks, because that's just how we do things. Uh, we're in the book of John. Uh, our series is called I Saw the Light, and uh, so if you got a Bible uh, tonight, let me know just by putting it up in the air. Wave your Bible around like you just don't care. Okay, very cool. If you got a smartphone that's acting as your Bible, put that up too. Because I like smartphone Bibles. Uh, we love you still. Um, maybe not as much as the leather bound, but that's okay. No, I still love you. I still love you. If you don't have a Bible or you don't have a phone, and you'd like one uh, to borrow for the evening, I've got one on the back table. I actually have two on the back table back there. Uh, so, Bo, do you mind just grabbing those two Bibles? And if you do not have a Bible, but you want to like look through the actual pages as we're preaching tonight, uh, raise your hand if you'd like a Bible. Anyone? All right. We got one given out. Anyone else need a Bible? All right, Dave's got it. There we go. Look at that. Uh, very good. Well, turn with me if you want your Bibles to John, uh, John chapter three. Um, when you get there, let me know by saying "holla." And if you're not there yet, let me know by saying "hold up." All right, we got a few hold ups. That's good. So I'll give you just a few more seconds. <coughs> and uh, uh, we got some cool stuff. Did someone say verse? Yeah. Verse one. Verse one. We're at John chapter three, verse one. Uh, we finished up chapter two uh, last week, uh, and I thought last week was a was a fun week. Uh, I think God did some pretty cool stuff, uh, talking about being angry and how it's okay to be angry. Uh, not something you hear in church all the time, uh, but it's okay to be angry. We're actually encouraged to be angry, just not to sin in our anger. So. Uh, uh, if you guys get angry at me, uh, don't sin by throwing cups of water and coffee at me. That would not be a happy day uh, for anyone. Uh, John chapter 3, verse 1. Everyone there? 
All right, here we go. We're going to just read through. I think we're going to read through verse 21 uh, as long as my voice uh, allows it. And then we're going to dive in. This is what it says. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher and you've come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. And Jesus answered them and said, uh, Jesus answered him and said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you that unless one is born of water, and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I uh, said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sounds of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who was born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and you do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how then will you believe when I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who has come down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that... uh, uh, that the light has come into the world and that the men have loved the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does truth comes to the light and his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much, uh, God, for your word. God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have, uh, God, just to come week in and week out uh, on Tuesday uh, evening uh, God, to Art Machinery uh, here for Ecclesia. God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have, uh, God, just to hear from your word. Uh, God, we thank you that your word is living and active, sharper than the two-edged sword. Uh, God, and it penetrates down through uh, the bone and the marrow to the soul and the spirit, God, and that your word uh, hits us at the core. Uh, God, I pray for each and every single one of us right now uh, who are in this room tonight, God, that your word uh, would hit us all the way down to our core. God, that we would be shaken up tonight by what your word has to say. Uh, God, we'd be changed by what your word has to say. Uh, God, we know that your word uh, inspires us, so God, we pray that your word would inspire us tonight. God, that your word encourages us and it builds us up in our most holy faith. Uh, God, I pray that tonight, God, that your word would challenge us. Uh, God, that not a one of us would leave this place the same as when we came. Uh, but God, that we would each have uh, an experience with you, God. We'd be changed by the power uh, of your love and the power of your blood. 
Uh, God, we just pray that tonight none of these will be my words. Uh, God, if there be anything that is uh, from me, God, may it just fall on deaf ears, uh, or I might not even be able to get it out of my mouth, God, but that your perfect word uh, rings through. Uh, so, God, we thank you, we praise you, in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 So, just following suit with how we do things, uh, going verse by verse. I, I've got a few points I want to make uh, on some of these verses, but then I really want to just kind of talk about the whole general theme of what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus. Okay? Uh, the title, if you're taking notes, which I would encourage you to take notes. You hear me say it every week, uh, so just get used to it. I'm going to tell you each week, you should take notes. Um, why? Not because I think I have anything good to say, because if you sat around with me for more than 15 minutes, you know I kind of start repeating stories after 15 minutes. I don't have that much to say. Uh, but I know God's Word has endless, endless truths for you, for me, and for us. And so God's Word is what you should be taking notes on. Uh, and so that's what I encourage you guys to take notes on tonight. Uh, the title of the message is uh, Born Again. Uh, this is a paradoxical situation. Uh, who can be born again? Uh, what does it mean to be born again? Can someone really climb back into their mother and be born again? Uh, well, we're going to hit that up uh, tonight just a little bit. But that's the title of the message. Verse 1 uh, says this. There was a man uh, of the Pharisees uh, who was named Nicodemus, and he was a ruler of the Jews. Uh, before we just go any further, we got to break down real quick what a Pharisee is. Uh, does everyone know what a Pharisee is? Yeah, they're not Pharisee. Ooh, uh, thank you, Sam. Yeah, us that song. I just want to be a sheep. Ba, 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 ba. Good time. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to sing it. I'm not going to sing it. I promise. Uh, yeah, I won't. I won't. Um, but yeah, a Pharisee, uh, they were like the, uh, the doctors of the law. So like the lawyers, uh, uh, the prestigious professors. Uh, that was a PP word. So uh, the professional pastors. Uh, the loyal lawmen. No, okay, no, I'm not going to try to do that anymore. They were just the dudes who were in charge, okay? Uh, them and the Sadducees, uh, they were different groups in the priesthood. And so, uh, a Pharisee, they carried a lot of weight when it uh, came to religious matters and just everyday matters in Israel. You see, Israel was in the Roman Empire, but was granted special privileges by the Roman Empire so that they could be a sovereign nation within the empire. They could rule themselves, govern themselves, still pay taxes, obviously, because there's only two things that everyone in the world is going to do, that's die and pay taxes. So they still had to pay their taxes to Rome, but they were able to govern themselves, do their own thing. So the Pharisees were kind of in charge of the daily things. And so this Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus, how many of you guys want to name your kid Nicodemus? Awesome. It's not 1876 and it is not Illinois. Uh, this is Oregon. It's 2014. Nicodemus is not a name no more. Um, but he comes up to Jesus uh, and he asks Jesus a question. And verse 2 tells us that Nicodemus goes up to Jesus and says, Rabbi, uh, which is good teacher or, or uh, priest. And he says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher that comes from God. Uh, he says, hey, you're a good guy, Jesus. You've been doing some really good things. We know you're from God. Uh, and then he clarifies that, how he knows that he is from God. He says, because no one can do the things, the signs, the wonders that you do unless he has God with him. Okay, so the first thing uh, that we can pull from this, this is a sermon all in and of itself, and we're not going to go on this tonight, uh, but I want you uh, to, to, to pick this up. Jesus' actions uh, spoke louder than his words. Okay? Jesus didn't have to come in saying things for Nicodemus to know that he was from God. 
Nicodemus does not say, we know you are from God because you say some good things. No, he says, I know that you're from God because of the thing which you do. Actions always speak louder than words. Okay, no matter what. They say, uh, for every uh, bad thing you say, you have to do like seven good things to make up for it. Uh, not just seven good words. You have to actually do something. Uh, actions speak louder than words. How many of you guys have ever uh, seen this be true in real life? Yeah, actions always speak louder than words, right? And, uh, and so, uh, Jesus exemplifies what it to be someone whose actions speak louder than their words. As a follower of Christ... I said I wasn't going to preach on this, but mini-sermon in the sermon. Uh, if we're to be followers of Christ, Christ's actions spoke louder than his words, then we as followers of Christ, our actions must also speak louder than our words. It was a cool cliche in the 90s to say, yeah, well you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Okay? Uh, and that's a real thing. Okay, Because so many Christians, they can talk the talk. How many of you guys have been around Christians, or maybe you yourself are a Christian, so uh, who's like this, so don't raise your hand um, if you are, but how many of you guys uh, can just talk the talk? You know all the church things to say. Yeah, I know all the church things to say also, and when I'm in church groups, I can say the church things and sound really, really churchy. That's okay. We start talking about the sanctification and the glorification of your justification. It's like, what? You're talking about, yeah, you can talk the talk, but when it comes down to the real walk, which is life, Okay, when it comes down to real life living as a human being, how many of us can translate our talk to our walk? Okay, and uh, and that's something that doesn't happen a lot in the church. Okay, you've heard of the Sunday Saints, Monday Ain'ts, right? Okay, uh, write that down, use that again. The Sunday Saints, the Monday Ain'ts. Yeah, it's like you go to church on Sunday, get all holy. And get forgiven from the week before and get juiced up on Jesus so that you can sit all you want throughout the week just so you can, when Saturday night rolls around, be like, all right, I'm going to get juiced up on Jesus again. And, uh, yeah, that's not what we're supposed to do, okay? Um, I said I wasn't going to preach on this, and I'm preaching on this. Uh, Jesus, uh, he exemplifies what it means to not only talk the talk, but really back it by walking the walk. And I want to encourage you guys, uh, if you take anything home from tonight, uh, that's important. Uh, if you leave now, this is what you'll have. There's more important stuff I'm going to get to. Um, but walk the walk. Be someone who walks the walk. Uh, Jesus wants us to walk the walk. Okay? Fun. Okay, there we go. Jesus answers Nicodemus uh, and says some really cool things to Nicodemus. Uh, some really tricky things. He says, most certainly I say to you, uh, and I just want to pause real quick. Uh, I think in the English language, we should bring back most assuredly. Okay, uh, so when someone asks me where I'm going out uh, to watch the Monday Night Football game, I'm going to say, most assuredly, I say unto you, I'm going to the man cave. Uh, so start using most assuredly, and it'll start sounding cool. Uh, Jesus says, most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, would you guys all, with just agreeance, with like a nod of a head, or you could say yes or amen, whatever, uh, how many of you guys would like to see the kingdom of God? Yeah, that would be kind of cool to see the kingdom of God. To be where God is at. Not just some thing you read about, something you hear about, something that you may have experienced in a in an esoteric kind of way, but being in the very tangible presence, the kingdom of God, where God is at. That would be ridiculously crazy awesome. Okay? Uh, and Jesus says that there's only one way you can do that. Okay, we're going to see as we get in John, this is probably 15 weeks out, but John 14, 6, uh, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, 
and no man comes to the Father but by me. So Jesus clarifies, you're not getting to God the Father without Jesus. But, this is what he says, he says, in order to get to God the Father, to experience and to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Now, how many of you guys have heard the phrase born again before? Okay, uh, yeah, probably every hand going up. Uh, you hear people say, well, I'm a born again Christian, uh, which is a great phrase, it's a true statement. Uh, but what does it truly mean to be born again? Um, it's a question that I think if you were to ask uh, a good majority of Christians, they might have a hard time like, answering what it means to be born again. They might understand the general concept, but if someone said, well, Taylor, what does it really mean to be born again? I don't think that physically can happen. This is what Nicodemus, he, he's a, like a really smart guy, and he says, Jesus, I mean, you do some crazy miracles, and, and, and you walk your walk, but are you serious? Can a grown man like climb back into his mom and be born again? I just don't think that anatomically works. Uh, and it doesn't anatomically work. We're not going to go into 7th grade health class for anyone, uh, but that's just not how things work. Um, so, you, Jesus is not talking about a physical rebirth, okay? Uh, which Nicodemus was thinking in a very uh, physical kind of mindset. We so often, uh, as people, uh, we so often as uh, Westerners, we so often as Americans, uh, very much so, uh, we tend to think of things on a very naturalistic uh, plane, a very environmental kind of plane. Like we have to see it, we have to touch it. If it doesn't, if it's not touchable, if it's not feelable, if it's not natural, it maybe doesn't exist. And we sometimes forget about the supernatural. That there really is a supernatural uh, world out there. We're not talking like some goofy Hollywood thing with like fairies and pixie dust and stuff. When, that, when we're talking about supernatural, we're talking about there is a very real God, there is a very real devil, there is very real angels, very real demons, a very real heaven, a very real hell, and there is a war that is going on for your souls. That's the supernatural we're talking about. And Jesus says, hey, I'm not talking about a physical birth. Yeah, it's impossible for someone to be born physically again. But... I'm talking about a spiritual birth. He says this, and I'm not, I'm not going to try and misquote Jesus. I'm just going to quote him. He says this, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless someone is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be born of water? Okay, so people say baptism. Okay, uh, that's a good guess. Uh, is that what Jesus is talking about here? Uh, what happens when a pregnant mother uh, knows she's about to give birth? Yeah, someone said it. Yeah, her water breaks, okay? Water is a natural birthing fluid, okay? Uh, I'm not going to get any more graphic than that, uh, but someone has to be born first, okay? You have to be born in order to go to the, uh, to the kingdom of God. But there's also a tagline, you have to be born of the Spirit, and Jesus goes on to then clarify this. He says, uh, That which is flesh... Uh, or, or that which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So there's something inside of each and every single one of us. Uh, the Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1 tells us it was dead. Okay, We as human beings, when we are born, there's something inside of us that is dead. Okay, uh, It is because of sin. It is because we are a fallen people. Uh, it is because uh, Adam and Eve sinned all those years ago. Uh, that something is dead inside of you, and that is your spirit. Uh, and it only receives life when it is born again by the Spirit. So, this was made possible by Jesus on the cross. Okay, and we're going to get to that in just a second. I don't want to steal any thunder. Uh, but, 
in order for someone to get to the kingdom of God, to be someone whose spirit is reborn, is awake, they have to be born of the spirit. Let's just go on just a little bit more. Jesus goes on to say, uh, don't marvel at these things. This isn't a big deal. Uh, he says, the wind blows. You hear it. You see, like see where it's doing its thing, but you don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it's going. He says, so is the who is born of the spirit. And then he goes on. Nicodemus just says, well, like, what do you mean? Uh, and Jesus says, okay, I tried to explain it to you uh, in ways that are easy for you to understand, like the wind. Uh, but how can I explain to you heavenly things, like the supernatural things, if you don't even understand the earthly things, okay? And then, so Jesus is going to break down and clarify a few more things uh, here uh, in some very uh, familiar, familiar uh, verses in Scripture. Verse 13 says this, it says, No one has ascended into heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man, who is in heaven. Who is being talked about here? Who is this Son of Man who has descended? Yeah, this is Jesus, okay? John chapter 1, verse 1. Always a good... Good way to study the Bible and understand the Bible when you're reading it. When something is mentioned, find out when it was first mentioned so that you can have a full understanding. Okay? And it says this in John chapter 1, verse 1, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Came down from heaven and dwelt among us. So Jesus is being talked about here, and this is what it says in verse 14. It says, And as Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness... Now pause... Does anyone know what's being talked about here when it says Moses lifted a serpent up in the wilderness? Okay, yeah, so so, so Moses had a staff, okay, uh, and something happened uh, in the camp of Israel after the Exodus. They're wandering around uh, through, um, through the wilderness, and all of a sudden snakes. It's like snakes on a plane. Snakes come out of everywhere. And the snakes start biting them in the feet, biting them in the heel. Uh, and these people are getting bit by snakes, and they're getting very deathly ill. People are actually dying. And uh, how many of you guys like snakes? How many of you guys are terrified of snakes? Yeah, snakes are scary, uh, and especially when they bite you. Uh, this is just a fun little fact for you guys. Uh, I was in Death Valley a few years ago, uh, and Death Valley has uh, some snakes. Uh, Death Valley has some deadly snakes. Uh, how many of you guys, it's in California. It's just a little bit east of Joshua Tree National Forest. It's like right on the Nevada border. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful place. If you've never been to Death Valley, you've been there? Oh, it's beautiful. you got to go. But you got to make sure you wear boots uh, because there's snakes there. Uh, how many of you guys have ever heard of rattlesnakes before? Okay, yeah, rattlesnakes are chill. they got rattlesnakes up here in Oregon. Uh, I'm sure they got rattlesnakes in Arizona. Um, uh, how many of you guys have ever heard of a diamondback rattlesnake? Yeah, pretty intense rattlesnake. Don't want to get bit by one of those because uh, it will put you in the hospital. Uh, there's a kind of rattlesnake that lives in that valley that's uh, kind of like the worst rattlesnakes we have in our country. Uh, they're called Mojave rattlesnakes. Uh, here's the thing about Mojave rattlesnakes. When they bite you, I'm not even joking, uh, they say unless you're carrying some sort of antivenom, you're dead. Like, there, there's nothing. Because Death Valley is so secluded from everywhere else in the world, it takes an hour for the life flight helicopters just to get to Death Valley, then to get you back to Los Angeles, okay? Uh, so, you're, you're, you're really struggling there. And Mojave rattlesnakes, when they bite you, it's not like some sort of, like, venom. Like, a lot of venoms are flesh-eating venoms where it'll, like, start eating your flesh. And start, no, uh, a Mojave rattlesnake's venom uh, is a neuro-venom, which means it goes to your nervous system. It shuts down your brain and all your senses, so you, like, seize up and do this whole thing, you can't feel anything, uh, and you're dead in eight minutes. 
Yeah, Mojave rattlesnakes kill you in about eight minutes. Uh, not a very good situation. I don't think these were Mojave rattlesnakes that were attacking uh, the Israelites, but uh, they were pretty intense snakes. They were attacking the Israelites. Another fun snake thing, uh, my brother just showed me a video from National Geographic of these snakes that like go up trees, and then they jump from tree to tree, and they like wiggle in the air and fly. These things go like 25 feet in the air flying. Uh, flying snakes are terrifying. Um, whew, scary. Uh, so... Back on track. Israelites, they're getting bit by snakes. People are dying all over the place. And uh, Moses is instructed to take a snake uh, and to set it up on his staff and to make it as uh, just this boom. It's a cross-looking thing with a snake on it. And when he does that, the people are healed. Okay? And the snakes no longer attack. Okay? Pretty cool thing. Something is done. It's set up so the people can have life and life everlasting. So, Jesus... Uh, Embodies this, and he says, "So also will the Son of Man have to be lifted up." What is he talking about? Resurrection. Okay, yeah, yeah, he's talking about the cross. He is uh, prophetically saying, "I am going to have to be raised up, just like the snake was when Moses raised it up. Uh, I am going to have to be raised up for the sins of the world." And this is what he goes on to say in some very familiar verses. How many of you guys have ever heard John three sixteen before? Yeah, I think like the world, almost all the world has heard it. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. So now, this is a little fun experiment. I want you guys to look at that verse and take out the word world and put your name there. Because this is what it's all about. So me doing the example. For God so loved Matt that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, or that if Matt believed in him, he would not die but have everlasting life. Okay? God loved each and every single one of you so much. All across the room. God loved each and every one of you so much that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him would not die but have everlasting life. You may have heard it once, you may have heard it a thousand times, but it still rings true. God loved you so much that he gave his life for you. It goes on to say some pretty cool things because so many people in the world are like, okay, that's a cool story, but man, Christians, all they do is judge people. All they do is say bad things about people. Uh, if there's a real God, how does he like condemn people and hate people? Like God God hates people who are gay. God hates uh, people from other countries. God hates Muslims. I mean, people say these kind of things, but God does not hate God loves. And this is what Jesus goes on to say. He says this in verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. So if Jesus Christ did not come to condemn the world, and we are followers of Christ, we shouldn't be condemning the world either. Does that make sense? Uh, Now does that mean uh, we don't address sin? No, that's a completely different thing. We address sin and we deal with sin violently. That was last week. We get angry at sin, but we don't get angry at the person who's sinning. So Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Okay? Jesus is all about love, and Jesus is all about redemption. Do you guys know what the word redemption means? Anyone know what redemption means? Anyone? Any guesses? Okay, to regain favor. That's, that's pretty good. We'll leave it at that. Redemption. You did something wrong. Okay? Uh, and redemption is when you are restored to your previous place or to your rightful place. 
Uh, I'm watching a TV show right now. Uh, it's not actually on TV anymore, but it's on this thing that God created called Netflix. Uh, woo! Uh, it's this TV show called Prison Break. How many of you guys have ever seen Prison Break before? Yeah, it's, it's cool. I've been like rejecting Prison Break uh, for a long time because I knew if I started watching it, I'd probably like it and I'd just get a hook. Well, I'm hooked now. Uh, and it's crazy stuff because this dude, the main character, his brother, got put on death row for something he didn't do. And so there's going to be a redemption story that takes place. I'm not there, so no spoiler alerts yet. They're still in jail. It's crazy. I don't know what's going on. Um, but there's going to be redemption, okay? Someone who is in a wrongful place is going to be restored to a rightful place. At least I hope so, because if it doesn't happen in the show, I'm going to be frustrated. But, and my example won't work anymore for sure, uh, but redemption is you getting to the place that you now are in a higher place, okay? And so, Jesus is all about redemption. Let's just read a little bit more, and then I just want to elaborate on a few things. Uh, it's 8 o'clock, and my voice is actually disappearing, uh, so I'm going to try to be done around 8.15, 8.20, okay? Um, but this is what he goes on to say. He, this is what Jesus says, verse 18. He says, He who believes in Him uh, is not condemned. But he who does not believe is, con- uh, is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten of God. Okay. So, if you believe in Jesus, then on the day when all is said and done, uh, if you put your faith in Jesus and you die and you go uh, stand before the creator of the universe and he says, why should I let you into my kingdom? Uh, the only answer is because I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, there's no other answer. Okay, uh, Some people will say, well, because I'm a good person, uh, I've done good things, uh, I've tried my best in life. I really have. And God has seen the good that I've done, uh, so a just God uh, must let me into heaven. But it's not going to work. It's not going to work. The only way to get into heaven is by faith in Jesus Christ, by being born again by the Spirit, through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only answer and is the only way. And if you don't believe in Jesus, uh, you don't get to experience the kingdom of God. Uh, you get to experience something else, which is total separation from God, uh, which is a very real place called hell. Um, and and I'm going to get a little bit, we're done reading this for right now, we're going to get a little bit preachy, uh, because I think it's important. Anytime the Bible uh, talks about life and death, uh, it's paramount uh, that we as people uh, talk about life and death as well. Uh, if you believe in God, then you must believe in heaven. Uh, and if you believe in God, that also means there's a devil. Uh, and if you believe in the devil, that also means there's hell. Uh, and God is a just God, and God is a God who loves. We just said He's a God of love and a God of redemption. Um, but there's a very real thing, and it's called sin. Uh, and we all fall short. Romans chapter 3 tells us uh, that we've all fallen short uh, of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. Uh, we're told in Romans chapter 6 that the wages of sin is death. Uh, your sin, um, and some people are like, well, I'm not a sinner, I don't sin. Here's the deal. You were born a sinner. Okay, Your bloodline is tainted. Okay, You were born a sinner. And the wages of your sin, which wages means the payment for your sin, okay, what you owe, uh, because of your sin, you are condemned to death, okay? Uh, but that verse continues to say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, 
Okay, Romans chapter 5, verse 8 tells us that God demonstrated His love towards us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay? Uh, let me put it this way. This is what it all boils down to. We're like, well, yeah, I mean, that's cool. I've heard it all before. I don't understand it, though. Here's the thing. Each and every single one of us, we committed a crime. Okay? Each and every single one of us here. I'm not talking you committed a crime against the state of Oregon, County of Clackamas, United States, whatever. I'm not talking about that kind of crime. From the time you were born, okay, you did a crime against God. Not for being born, but because you're sinful. Okay? Uh, and your sin is a crime against God. Okay? And God is a just God, and God is a God of love. But because He loves, He has to be just. Okay? And so God has a very real law, and every single one of us has broken that law. And so some people are like, well, I mean, I'm a good person. I really haven't broken any of God's laws. I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't, like, stolen anything big. I haven't, like, committed adultery or anything like that. But Jesus says, if you've ever had hate in your heart towards anyone, you've committed murder. If you've ever looked at anyone lustfully, you're an adulterer, okay? We've all stolen something in our lives. We've all <laughs> lied. Uh, so we've broken God's law. And because we've broken God's law, we are in no right to receive the kingdom of God. We are in no right to experience the presence of God. But God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. So what this looks like, okay, what this looks like is we committed a crime. Okay, uh, Matt Morris, I committed a crime, uh, I'm a criminal, I'm punished, I'm in jail, okay, uh, and I'm facing my sentence, and the day of my arraignment comes, I get in jail, no chance of bail, uh, that wasn't supposed to rhyme, but, <laughs> yeah, whatever, uh, and so, I, I now await my trial, and so now my trial comes, I'm found guilty, I'm found guilty. <laughs> Yep, this sucks. Okay? Uh, I'm going to spend an eternity in hell. Okay? And, uh, but when it comes time for sentencing, the judge got the gavel in hand. He's ready to lower it with some slam. And it's time to go to the slammer. You're done. Right before he's about to slam it, guy comes into the courtroom wearing a suit, maybe. And he walks up and he says, Judge, 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 judge. Don't wait. Or, or wait. Um, Wait, I don't know where that came from. Wait, 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 wait. Don't sentence him yet. The judge is like, all right, well, I have to sentence him. And then this man in the suit says, all right, well, I understand Stephen, he did this, 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 and this, this. Well, I will take his punishment for him. You let him walk free, and I'll take his prison sentence. <laughs> Uh, Brad Shagan said, that never happens. No one does that. No one does that. I mean, let's just go from like petty theft and all that stuff. Let's go to like triple homicide, okay? The man who commits triple homicide, he's got 25 uh, to life with no chance of parole, okay? And right as he's about to get his sentence, Taylor Adams walks in the room. And Taylor says, hey, you know what, judge? I know that dude got triple homicide. He's going to jail forever. Uh, let him go free. I'll take his place. I'll go spend his jail sentence. Uh, Taylor's a good man. No, this doesn't happen. That's not what people do. But that's what God did for you. You had an eternal jail sentence, eternal death sentence, really. Uh, and Jesus came in and said, you know what? I'm going to take that so you don't have to. And not only that, 
I'm going to adopt you into my family, and now you are going to have uh, the right to be able to see God, to be able to experience God, to be able to live in God's kingdom. This is a big deal. Uh, and, and each and every single one of us, uh, uh, the Bible tells us that we're all without excuse. Okay, uh, So maybe this is the first time you're hearing it. Maybe it's uh, the millionth time you're hearing it. Uh, I know I've probably said it over, probably over a thousand times. Uh, but here's the deal. The story still is the same. The Bible says we're without excuse. So that on the day when we die and we go stand before God and God says, why should I let you into my kingdom? And you don't give the answer of Jesus Christ. Uh, and God says, alright, now you spend eternity separated from me. Uh, you're not going to be able to say, well, I never knew I needed Jesus. I never knew. Uh, because here's an opportunity, an example. That, is there a big bug flying in here? Oh, nice. Yellow jacket on the roof. Oh, yeah. Great time. He wants to hear the you guys want to see something sweet? No. No, I won't do it. <laughs> now, if John was here with a rubber band, he could probably get it. Uh, good times. Okay, so, back to the track. Back to the story. Um, now everyone's going to be looking up there. Uh, good times. Uh, so, Jesus... Let's get back to Jesus. Uh, Jesus loves you so much that you can spend eternity with him. Uh, the Bible tells us that, uh, that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And all you got to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So here's the thing. Jesus, uh, he died for your sins. Like he says there, just as Moses raised the servant, so the Son of Man will also have to be raised up. Uh, the reason why. Uh, it takes blood to cover sins. Okay, that's just the way it works. That's the way God set it up, sacrificial thing. So I, we don't have time tonight to go into atonement and all the sacrificial system that the Jews had to do. But here's the thing. There has to be sacrifice for sin. There has to be blood shed for sin. And Jesus shed his blood for us. He died for you. But here's the thing. He didn't just stay dead. Three days later, he rose again. How many of you guys have heard this before? Okay, yeah, yeah. This is just kind of uh, it's a review for some of you. Maybe you're hearing it for the first time. But here's the thing. Jesus is always there. Uh, Revelation chapter 3 tells us that Jesus stands at the door and knocks. Okay? He's standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking. He's saying, Hey, would you let me in? Would you just let me in? Would you just let me in? And, and he says, To anyone who opens the door, I will gladly come in and sup with him. Which is just the old school way of saying, I'll eat dinner with you. Uh, and I'll hang out with you. Uh, and how many of you guys think it would be cool to hang out with Jesus? Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Uh, we have the opportunity. And if you put your faith in Jesus, you have the opportunity each and every single minute of every day to hang out with Jesus. Okay? And all you have to do is just confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. And that's all you do. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So Jesus is telling this whole thing to Nicodemus. And then he goes on to say, for everyone uh, who practices evil uh, hates the light. Uh, and everyone uh, who does not come, uh, and they do not come to the light uh, because they don't want their deeds to be exposed. Here's the thing. There's light and there's dark. Okay, It's probably the oldest comparison in the book. Uh, those who are in the dark, they don't like the light. And sin keeps you in the dark. Uh, and it's because of Jesus who opens our eyes that we can see the light. And what it means to be in the light is it means we are loving God and we are doing what he has called us to do. The book of 1 John tells us that if we love God, then we will follow God's commandments. What are God's commandments? God's commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, 
all your spirit. Uh, then he goes on to say, and there's another commandment, and it's like it. It's love your neighbor as yourself. So God's two commandments are love God and love people. Love God and love people. It reminds me of the old song, All You Need Is Love. love. Right, right? Okay. That's what it is, though. That's Jesus. He says, all you need is love. Love me and love people. And then he says, all the rest of the Bible hinges on that. Loving God loving people. The bee is on its way. It's awesome. Uh, so, 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 you love God. John's got a rubber band. Praise the Lord, he's got it. No, uh, he'll, he'll do his thing. Uh, it's not the first bee to come to this show. Alright, whatever. So, uh, love God, love people. And Jesus says that his commandments are not burdensome. So we follow his commandments, uh, and then we're saved. Okay, and he says that his commandments, they're not hard to follow. So sometimes we're like, man, I have a hard time loving that person. Sometimes I have a hard time loving God. Here's the thing. Uh, God loves you. Uh, God cares for you. Uh, God loves you so much that he gave his life for you. Okay? And, uh, and because of that, uh, because of that, we can have an eternal uh, life and spend the rest of eternity with God in heaven. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, you guys all kind of tracking with that? Uh, I know it's a, I know it's a familiar portion of scripture. I know it's a familiar thing, um, but the reason why we go over it over and over again, and I'm going to close with this: uh, the reason why we go over it over and over again is because we, as people who are Christians, we are as people who are called uh, to follow Christ. Uh, we are to know the things which Jesus has told us. Okay. Matthew chapter 28, verse 17 says, Go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe the things which I have taught you. So in order for us to truly do what God has called us to do, uh, we have to know how Okay, and so Jesus said, Hey, this is the formula. Okay, and there's only one way. One plus one always equals two. Okay, there's only one way. And it's through Jesus. And so if you're hearing it for the thousandth time, you're following Jesus, you're in love with Jesus, hey, praise God, here's a healthy reminder. This is how it happens. Now go tell one of your friends. Okay? Maybe you've heard it before and you're like, hey, yeah, it was cool when I heard it five years ago. I liked it. It was great. But, you know, life happens and I'm just going to keep doing my thing. Uh, well, tonight's a reminder uh, that if you are practicing evil and you're in the darkness, then you don't like the light. Uh, and without the light, without Jesus, uh, you will spend an eternity in hell. And that is sad. Uh, and it's sad to God. It's sad to me. I don't want to see anybody uh, go to hell. Uh, and so as as a minister of the gospel of Jesus, uh, I need to uh, tell you guys uh, about that. And, uh, and we need to keep each other accountable with that. And maybe you're hearing it for the first time. And you're like, I have no clue what's going on, but all I know is I just got told I'm going to hell. Uh, that's not something you want to hear when you go to church. Uh, but that's the real thing. Without Jesus, you're going to hell. Uh, fire and brimstone, whatever. It was cool in the 80s, uh, but it's still now. Uh, without Jesus, you're going to hell. Uh, but you can meet Jesus right now. You can meet Jesus right now. So with that being said, I'm going to just invite Bo. Bo, if you can come back up uh, and hop on the guitar. Uh, uh, Jamo or Sam, one of you guys might just turn the lights down a little bit. I'm going to invite you guys all just to stand. Uh, and I want you guys, uh, I want everyone just to close your eyes uh, and, and, and bow your heads. This is just between you and God. Uh, this isn't a time to look around. This isn't a time to, uh, to, 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 to be funny, to be laughing. This is a real deal. Uh, 
maybe maybe you haven't uh, uh, maybe maybe you've never heard this before. Uh, and tonight you're hearing this, and you're like, man, uh, I don't want to go to hell. Uh, I know maybe I'm doing uh, some things I probably shouldn't be doing. Uh, I know I'm sinning, uh, and I'm stuck, I'm trapped, I don't know what to do. Uh, but I know I don't want to go to hell, and I want to spend an eternity with Jesus. If that's you tonight, the Bible tells us uh, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you shall be saved. And so if that's you tonight, with every eye closed, with every head bowed, no one looking around in the room, no one looking around, just between you and God, if you've never made the decision, Jesus, I want to follow you, and you want tonight to be the very first time that you say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you with everything I've got, just let, let me know by raising your hand and, 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 and making that declaration tonight. Awesome. Awesome. So here's the deal. No hands go up. Uh, and, and so... Um, with that being said, we're probably all family. Or, if we're not all family, that means you're rejecting God tonight. Uh, and, and so I just want I want you to know that, but it's never too late until that last minute. Okay, but you never know. You could walk out the door, hop in your car, drive out on the road. Uh, you could get hit by a car and you could die tonight. Uh, and, and so, uh, make the decision to follow Jesus. Uh, maybe you've heard this before. Maybe you've heard it before. And, uh, and, and maybe you said, all right, I'm going to follow Jesus. Uh, but just life's happened. Life's gone a certain way. You got doing certain things. You didn't know what you were doing. Uh, but now you're living in sin. You're doing this. You're doing that. And you know you're not following Jesus. And you know that if you were to die tonight, you don't know where you'd end up. And you, and you want to know for certain tonight that you want to end up in heaven. And you want to make that clear tonight. Uh, the Bible says, trust in Jesus, trust in Jesus. So if that's you tonight, with every eye closed, with every head bowed, uh, if you want to recommit your heart to the Lord tonight, say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Uh, let me know by raising your hand. Awesome, awesome. I see those hands. That's good, that's good. Uh, dear God, I just pray right now for those who raise their hands. Uh, God, I just pray that... Uh, God, as your word tells us, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, God, we just, uh, God, we profess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So let's just as a group, guys, uh, let's say that together. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Say it again. Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, and the Bible tells us that if we confess that with our mouth, that we will be saved. Uh, and maybe you're someone who's heard it before and you're living for Jesus, you're in love with Jesus, life's going good, uh, and you just want to be more excited about Jesus. I think that's a good thing. If you want to be more excited about Jesus uh, tonight, uh, let me know just by raising your hand. Holla. Yeah, holla. Amen. Amen. Well, for every single one of those guys who raised their hand, hands going up all over the place, they want to be more excited about you. God, I just pray that right now, uh, God, that, that you would spur within us, God, stir in our hearts. Uh, God, a love and a passion for you. Uh, God, just a joy that cannot be quenched. Uh, God, give us boldness. Fill us with your spirit. God, give us boldness uh, to teach uh, your word. God, to tell our friends about you. Uh, God, God, to just share Jesus everywhere we go. God, may we be known as any people uh, who, who share Jesus wherever we go. So, God, we thank you and we praise you. God, as we're closing up tonight, uh, God, go with us uh, as we leave from this place. Uh, God, as we go with fellowship, uh, God, may we just be a representation of who Jesus is. Uh, God, you've told us that you love the world so much that you sent your only son, uh, God, to die so that through him uh, we don't have to die and we can have everlasting life. So, God, we thank you. We praise you. 
your son's name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Well, hey, you guys, free to fellowship. Uh, we'll turn the lights back on so it's not free to fellowship. Uh, and Bo has an announcement. Hi! That being said, leave your attention to Bo. Uh, I don't know what time it is. What's the name? What's the name? It's like six or seven.